All right, welcome back to the show. Okay, I you know I feel the like show I, the gospel for life. Yeah, that show. That one. <laughs> this one. This is is that what we're on to? Yes, that's what we are. And here with me in the studio today, I'm going to help him out yeah, because this guy that. is struggling today. <laughs> is Josh Bales from the Well Church? Howdy. And Jonathan Van Hoogen from Day Spring Reformed. Good morning. And I'm Russ Herman from Cloverdale very, United Reformed Church. Very dignified, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need to wear a robe and like have a pipe, you know, yeah, with a yeah, scarf yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I, I could bring that in. <laughs> Although they might not like the smoke in no, the studio. No, I'm sure not. We have just begun a new series dealing with a book by Paul David Tripp, Do You Believe? I would highly recommend grabbing it. If you don't have uh, systematic theology on your shelf, and I know that sounds intimidating, but this would be a, a great systematic theology to begin with. Um, because I think it's it's accessible um, and eminently practical. I have to say, my book arrived two days ago, and uh, cracking it open, it was I was just, uh, impressed with the way it was laid out. I think that it's a wonderful book because I've got a number of theologies. You know, some of them are three, four volume theologies on the shelf, uh, but this one actually is very. Uh, accessible to many people. Yeah. There's a you know because it because it does go over uh, in a concise way a theological topic, but then it goes beyond that. It actually uh, asks you how does this look in your your own life? Yeah, it really reminds me of a systematic theology book that came out probably 30 years ago um, by James Montgomery Boyce and Phil Riken, um, and I. Is it like the well, Christian life, or there's a foundation, foundations, foundations, foundations yeah. for yeah. the Christian life? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was very much like this. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a systematic um, theology that was accessible and practical. Um, I actually what think this trip, one, in some ways, easier to read yes. than that. Is he writes? He's not only is he a pastor and a theologian, but he's been a counselor. Mm. He's he's seen how. When people come into his counseling office, the one thing they don't have is an understanding of God and how he works, not only uh, of who he is, but how everything he shares with us through his word actually helps us in a manner to live at peace and in wholeness. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really Psalm 1. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's exactly. the blessed man? Well, the blessed man is the one who meditates on God's word. Yeah. And lives in accordance with it, and so Trip and his counseling is seeing mm-hmm. the effects of those that have not meditated on God and His Word, and oh, this is a good corrective. Absolutely. Well, you know, Trip. What Trip is doing is he's actually doing what the Bible does. Mm-hmm. He's just helping us to see it. Like Ephesians is the classic model, right? First three chapters deal with deep universe-shaping theology, and then you get into chapter four, five, and six, and it's like, this is how you apply it. The, the difficulty is is that we, we just, we miss that sometimes. We read the Bible very disconnectedly. Well, you know, Romans does the same thing, but it takes uh, uh, 11 chapters, and then it says, therefore. In light of the mercies of God. Yeah. All right, so yesterday we, we started talking about the glory of God. Uh, you mentioned, Jonathan, that it's, it's kabod. Kavod, Kavod, yeah. I love, the, I love that. I love that imagery when Daniel is talking to Belshazzar, and he says, "You have been found in, uh, you've been measured in the scales, and you've been found wanting." In other words, you have no glory, because that's what Kavod mm-hmm. means is weighty, right? Yes. So he, he talks about glory just being kind of a general description of God's greatness, His beauty. Um, 
his loveliness. And yesterday we ended by talking about how each one of us is hardwired by God for glory. Let's flesh that out a little bit and then we'll jump to the next statement. So as the pinnacle of God's creation, God created us in his image um, and in creating us in his image, he created us to be worshipers, to to um, adore him and live our lives for him. And that sounds um, pretty self-centered on the part of God, but when God is the greatest good, when God is the greatest treasure, it's actually not um, self-centered, it's actually the greatest gift yeah. that he gave to humanity to have us desire him and to, to long for him and to pursue him and to worship him. Um, and we only are truly what we ought to be when we are in that posture, yeah. mm-hmm. worshipers of God. And something is always cap. Some glory is always capturing our heart at this moment, at the next moment, at the next moment. So because we were created for God. Yep. And so mm-hmm. we have this. I mean, there was a song in in the 1980s by Extreme, Wholehearted. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That, that uses the that line. That was out of nowhere. <laughs> The, there's a hole in my heart that can only be filled with you. It's a love song. Yeah. And where did they get that? Ecclesiastes 3.11. But the theology is actually right if they replaced the object. There is a hole in our hearts that can only be filled with God. Yeah. Augustine yeah. would say yeah, that right. we're restless until we find our rest in him. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to fill this void that's within us, and we'll fill it with whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Mostly yeah. we fill it with ourselves. But. Well, and that brings us to the, the next one is that sin, the next statement that Tripp makes, is that sin makes us all glory thieves. You know, guys like Tripp or guys like Ed Welch in the whole CCEF counseling movement, they have been great because they put their thumb or their finger right on the pulse of problems. So, for instance, in, in, if someone is struggling with drunkenness, mm-hmm. they say, they say your, your, your problem isn't primarily an alcohol problem. Your problem is primarily a worship disorder. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're addicted to pornography, your problem isn't primarily a sex problem. Your your problem is primarily a worship disorder. You're worshiping mm-hmm. yourself and pleasure, mm-hmm. and that's what sin is. Mm-hmm. It's it's instead of looking at God for all of our pleasure, all of our meaning, all of our purpose, that glory, we turn to lesser glories. Mm-hmm. So sin makes us glory thieves. We, we were made to reflect God. We were made to, you know, and how we do it is in uh, our love and obedience to Him. Uh, you know, that's how that's how we glorify God. One of, one of the ways in which we see this glory thieving going on, and we can we can see it particularly in uh, perhaps the dictators and the uh, potentates of this world, where, where they will create an image of themselves and have it placarded on every building. We would do that if we had that much power. Yeah, we absolutely. would. We would be the. We would be. You know, we would want our picture out there everywhere uh, to take. You know, all the all the glory, all the credit, all all that to ourselves. And we see it in. We see it whether it was Stalin or uh, someone else, uh, Mussolini, uh, even down uh, to today, whether it's a, a Shaw somewhere. Uh, but this is what they do, and they're they're stealing glory mm-hmm. for themselves. And what happened is this is actually the the first sin mm-hmm. of Adam and Eve was to say, we don't want to be underneath you yeah. as God. We want to be 
the ones that can make our own moral decisions on our own. Which was the temptation. You will be as gods. Yeah. And so ever since then, that has been the primary issue in each of our hearts. We're born with this tendency to um, want – we're born with the tendency to worship – and because of sin, that worship has now turned inward. Yeah, we're never not worshiping. That's correct. So Second mm. Corinthians 5 talks about um, this idea, and it says, And he died, Christ, for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what Paul is saying is that is how we are outside of Christ, that we live for ourselves. We're, and, and the other way to say it in the trip language is that that makes us glory thieves. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so that, I mean, that, that segues to the next statement. It brings us right to the gospel. Only um, God's glory can satisfy the glory hunger in our hearts. Um, God did not um, make creation so that we could be uh, idolaters. He he created the world and the universe so that it could point. So like you mentioned on the yesterday's program, we see the Grand Canyon. We're not mm. meant to bow down and worship the Grand Canyon. It's meant to point us mm. to God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we all know people that, that can, can continue to seek the next awe moment in yep. creation yep. so mm-hmm. they travel the world they mm-hmm. they the go thrill yes and and what they find is that it does fill the void momentarily but then it's not enough so then they have to go on the next trip the next adventure and the next the moment song. This, yep. is where the, this is where the extreme song oh the extreme song <laughs> is, is such a, a key to understanding all of life <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. So that does come from the Bible. Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes three eleven. God has mm-hmm. set eternity in the hearts of man, uh, and the idea right. is that only uh, we have an eternity shaped hole in our heart, and only God can fill it. Um, not to try to be cliche, but that that actually did come from the Bible. Yes, yes, right. Well, we pursue certain things, and uh, you know, it's it's like the kid at Christmas uh, when it's all over. Is that all that there was to this? I mean, you know, you you, you think it looked like so much more under the tree, yeah. and uh, so there's. But they a, were so excited for the hour and a half, half after they right. opened the gifts yeah. because it did provide <laughs> yeah. that Just momentary fix. Thrill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but. But it's just pointing. We were made for something bigger than that. Yeah, we were made to glorify God. Okay, now that that actually is what brings us to the gospel. Yes, I, I, I yes. jumped a little ahead, but uh-huh. um, in order for our relationship to be our, our relationship with glory to be restored, is we actually had to have grace. Um, so here's his fourth statement: God's grace alone. Mm-hmm. Not, it's the key word. Has the power to defeat the glory war in our hearts. So this is why Jesus came to earth to live uh, righteously on our behalf to become our sin bearer. If you think about it, Jesus came to the earth for one purpose, to glorify his father, to live in a way in which a human being would glorify God, and that becomes our, our record, our substitute. That's what's imputed to us when we believe. I don't want to go too far down this, but at the end of the day, what happens is that none of us will choose Christ on our own. We don't find him desirable in our sin nature. And so this is why grace is important because the grace of the comes through the work of the Holy Spirit to regenerate our hearts, to make it alive, so that now all of a sudden 
it it doesn't do away with our free will. It frees our will yeah. to see Christ mm-hmm. in all of his beauty, and we cannot not choose him yeah. because mm-hmm. he is the most desirable thing that we would ever want. Yeah. So outside of the work of grace in our hearts and lives, Christ is not attractive to us. But once God does a work within, all of a sudden we see Christ in his beauty and say, that's what I was created for. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the object that I want. And, and that's really then what brings us to Jesus Christ. And it only and those are the, what you just said make sense of so many scriptures like in and and we'll probably get to this but in in Psalm 27 4 you know David says one thing have I asked of the Lord and that what I seek after that I may um, dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life uh, to gaze upon his beauty and to inquire upon his temple. Why could David say, that's the only thing I seek, mm-hmm. is to gaze upon the Lord? Well, the reason why is because his heart has been captured. Mm-hmm. It's been captured mm-hmm. by a greater glory. You, you can't say, those things do not make sense to the natural man at all. That, that's, that's like speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Well, you, as uh, Russ was pointing out, and you know this is about this is true humanity. This is what we are created for. Um, you know, actually, the only truly fully human <laughs> that's ever lived has been Christ. He was fully human. He he did everything uh, uh, for his Father's glory. Yeah. And he was satisfied in and, it. Oh, he he was he was for the joy set before him. Even yeah. he endured the cross. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. In uh, the end of the book of First Chronicles. David prays this, and he says, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. Mm. And that's really where grace brings us, is to be able to see that and acknowledge that and live in that. That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We have been reviewing Paul Tripp's book, Do You Believe? It's a great um, introduction. If, if you've never read how real theology connects to everyday life, if that's what you struggle with, go pick up this book and uh, continue to tune in. We'll talk about this next time. See you later. 